when it comes to debt, there's really three things that we're looking at. Number one, we're looking at the balance. At its basic form, if you're paying interest, usually credit cards, because they're they're not secured by anything, have a high interest rate. So it's a good a rule of thumb to, if you have a credit card, never to have a balance on that credit card. So you, you want to look at the balance. You also want to look at the payment, um, because payment comes down to cash flow. And so that's where we're going to look at a way to analyze debt, looking at the payment in the in the in the form of the like how much you owe and then there's the interest rate this is better wealth with caleb williams hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the better wealth podcast i'm here with jeremy rudhouse and from the front lines we're going to talk about debt and not just all kinds of debt. We're going to talk mainly about credit card debt and and consumer debt that people very much want to pay off. I know a lot of people come to us and they fill out all their information. And sometimes they request for more data fields yeah. because we only allow 10. I mean, in just in our basic form, we allow 10. And sometimes we need to add more when it comes to consumer debt. And so what I want to do is there's a couple approaches and how we help people. Because I, I think this is one thing we talk about living intentionally, when we talk about being efficient, this is one thing that we can, it's like we, we just understand how to have conversations around this area. And remember, our goal is to better your control and to better your long-term growth. And so a lot of times there's an art and a science in how we approach this. So what I want you to do is kind of give an overview of, as, as your experience as you meet with people. Because I know you, there's some people that come in that have no debt. Yeah, and I would say sure. majority of people have some kind of debt. Um, we talk about good debt versus bad debt, and right now we're going to talk about better ways to pay off bad debt. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that your comment about this being an art and a science is, a, is important to note as well. Um, and there's many, many formulas out there. You can find pretty much anything you want online to justify how you want to pay off debt. The science of it is the math, right? Yeah. Doing the math and finding out where the efficiencies are, then the art is matching that to the client and what you're trying to achieve in your lifestyle. So uh, when we combine those two, that's when we really try to optimize for people. What's the best way to get these, what we would consider a drag on your household economy, uh, taken care of most efficiently? So a lot of the dialogues that I have are just explain this to me. And when you get somebody to explain, well, this line item was for this, this line mm -hmm. item was for that, this line item was for that, a lot of times, I, uh, look, I'm a huge fan of credit capacity, yeah. being able to leverage um, my credit capacity, meaning the amount of money that a credit card company or a bank or somebody's mm -hmm. gonna let me borrow. I recently was able to gap a purchase for somebody because of credit, credit nice. capacity. Yeah. So they were in a situation where they needed you know, X amount of dollars, yep. I was able to help them with that. And it, the money never left my hands. I right. just received points for it. Yeah. So in that situation, it was an amazing way to use the credit card. This is another episode, but didn't you buy a car using a credit card? Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, it. That's, that's another episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, credit cards are not bad. And, right. and quite frankly, lines of credit gives you options. Correct. And if used properly, gives you a lot of opportunities but yeah continue i just like I, I want people to know that credit cards are not bad and we're not telling you to um go get a ton of credit card debt that's right. not what like, we're saying like so many tools it's the use thereof <laughs> yeah and in the context of your model for for you and your discipline and your habits 
having access to a large credit capacity may not be a good idea for you because it, it, it yeah. could cause you to put yourself in a negative situation. Yep. So when folks come to us, uh, I would say the, the biggest things that we see are student debt, which is sometimes devastating, yep. um, and then credit cards. Yep. And these things get out of control very quickly because it's very easy, right? Uh, Amazon is really capitalize on yeah. this because you have one click buying and it's yeah. it's at your door it's amazing yeah. and so people consume 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 and then they look at their statement and go when did that happen yeah so those are those are really the most troubling debts that we we see and the high interest uh, auto loans yeah. Yeah. those are the ones that are that are troubling because you have a depreciating asset that uh, may not even have the value of what you owe on it again and it's not working right and I need to repair it so when we, when we start to look at this, um, Caleb, I, I like the way you talk about how you analyze each line item. So can you go back and share with us a simple way to analyze the efficiency of that particular line item? Yeah, so I, I talk about good debt and bad debt. And essentially the definition of good debt is, is a tool, using it as a tool to put money back in your pocket. Okay. So we talk about mortgages, we talk about certain business debt, even, I mean, some 0% interest debt for a period of time if it's truly 0% can have, have advantages. Super, absolutely. And bad debt is, is the exact opposite. By having that debt, it's, it's taking more money away from you now and in the future. And so there's a couple ways to well, look and that's, at- And that's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Cash flow, we, we cash talk, flow, yep. We, we say that three times because the importance of cash flow, what's coming into my household economy, and am I controlling or consuming that? Right. And when you use the word controlling, it really becomes very powerful because in a lot of situations where debt is very high, I sacrifice control. Yeah. And when you just simply compare, okay, what is my required debt service? Meaning yep. everything that I have to pay on all of my debts. And folks look at this and they go, oh my gosh, that's $2,200 a month. Well, if we transfer that into, well, what happens if I controlled $2,200 a month mm -hmm. in perpetuity, it gets extremely powerful. Right. Yeah. And, and, so how do we recapture that? Yeah, the, well, and I just want you to know, like, when it comes to debt, there's really three things that we're looking at. Number one, we're looking at the balance. And it's pretty, like, I grew up in a house, Jeremy, where if you have a credit card, you pay off the balance every every month. Now, I know that there's some people that are hacking the system that are using 0%. I'm actually going to try to get somebody on the show that's doing that. Um, but, but at its basic form, if you're paying interest, usually credit cards because they're, they're not secured by anything, have a high interest rate. So it's a good a rule of thumb to, if you have a credit card, never to have a balance on that credit card. So you wanna look at the balance. You also wanna look at the payment um, because the payment comes down to cash flow. And so that's where we're gonna look at a way to analyze debt, looking at the payment in the, in the, in the form of the, like how much you owe. And then there's the interest rate. Now, the um, basic form of looking at debt and just asking like, is this good debt or bad debt is looking at the interest rate. And the interest rate you can consider is the control cost. It's really the opportunity meter. Because if you're, I'm, I'm looking at this sheet right here. This is just a random person that we pulled. Um, I'm looking at some debts. I'm 16%, 13%, 17%, 23%, 26%, 14%, 18%. And then I'm looking at their investments. And I'm saying, like, they're not even, they're not even saying in, in yeah. like, averages that they're getting over 10%. So And, and so, so okay, I'm, I'm going to invest, 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 and yet I have these debts yep. in my model. How much do I have to earn in order exactly. to outweigh 10, 12, 14, 16, 25, 30% interest? Yep. 
it's it's a it's like the equivalent of knowing where you want to go and like <laughs> going in <left>. reverse <laughs> going in reverse and trying to like you know where you want to go you're like you're you have all the intentions to get there but because of inefficiency um it's just super super tough and that's why i mean if you look at the cash flow in this just person's scenario in general i mean there's thousands and thousands of dollars a month going to service right inefficient toxic debt well at the same time there's money being saved invested right and that's an example that's just an example in this scenario of like inefficiency so there's there's an, one last thing that i want to mention when it comes to debt there's not just the balance the monthly payment and the the interest rate that it just kind of gives us a big picture kind of like okay if i'm paying if i'm paying 12 percent, can i consistently make 12 percent a year and really have a clear audit of yourself that's one way to to look at it the other way is what activity am i doing with this debt consumer consumer auto like all these debts right here i guarantee you because of of the descriptions they're not being used to bring in money they're not being used right. to invest in i mean you maybe sure. could invest in yourself by going on a vacation or whatever but but in all honesty this, this is consumption a hundred percent and I think that is an important distinction. When we say things like credit capacity, um, yep. I maintain as high of credit capacity as I possibly can because while it's m not the most efficient way to get access to money, if I don't have uh, that credit capacity available, an opportunity may pass me by. Yep. If, if an 18% return opportunity comes yep. by and I can get access to capital at 11, that still may make sense for me to do. Yep. So we, and, and my we, pushback to that, I just want, because my pushback is, can you get an 18%? Because that is true. Mathematically, that's amazing. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneur space that are just getting right. started, they're like, I'm going to double my business. And they just, they kind of buy into the, yeah, I'm just going to rack up credit card yeah. debt. And, and I'm so not being, I'm not being right. arbitrary 18%. But I'm, he's right. I'm saying, have I run numbers? Have I calculated? Yeah. Do I have a plan? Yep. to execute on this and quite frankly this is why it's nice to have a third-party coach involved so yep. that you can take your good idea fairy and put her under the model and the yeah. <laughs> the criticism of data and say you know this may not be as good of an idea as i originally thought yeah because of the other implications and i don't want to get too far afield but leveraging money in this way ha if you really want to truly build wealth and increase what it is that you're doing all of these things really do need to come into play yeah. for you but at a at at basis basic folks that are saying yeah. how do i take control of this having these types of debts you've got to take two steps back and you don't have to do anything yeah. i struggle to say that taking two steps back pausing on investing pausing on yeah. savings over and above some sort of reserve yeah. account and attacking these these types of things is hard to deal with because yep. people don't want to do that but you're in a hole and you got to get yep. out of it so i want to make the analogy of paying off debt like investing in real estate because i see all of these debts as cash flowing bad assets <laughs> but that it could turn into an asset and, he, and here's why you pay off you pay off this debt all this cash flow that you are dishing out each month now is in your control and you have the freedom to be able to do what you want with that. Right. Row it, control it. So hear me out here. The the way that I think is the best way to analyze debt, and if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, take notes. If you're listening to this in the car, keep driving, but maybe <laughs> pull off to the side because it's gonna help you a lot. Is is so we can look at interest rates, we can look at like, you know, the 
what's the, the biggest balance, the smallest balance. But I think the best way to analyze debt, and this is not, not something that I came up originally. Um, there's a lot of people that talk about this, like the cash flow index. We call it the cash flow scorecard. Is if you take your balance, okay, this this could be this could be a thousand dollar debt, this could be fifteen thousand dollars, this could be a hundred thousand dollars, this could be a mortgage of seven hundred thousand dollars. You take your balance and then you take your minimum payment. This is the minimum requirement that you have to pay with this debt each each month. And you take your balance and you and you divide it by the minimum payment, you're gonna get a number. Now, the smaller the number is essentially saying that that debt is 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 very inefficient. Why? Because you're you're taking a large piece of cash flow out of your monthly cash flow right. is going to service a small debt. Yep. Versus a bigger number represents a smaller portion of your cash flow going in in the in the relation to that balance. So and and I don't I maybe you should me, let's talk about this to make sure. this make more sense. But I'm looking at this person's debt, and I'm seeing something like you could, like you could take a debt at 25, percent and this gives them a they have a scorecard of 27, which essentially means this debt right here, Jeremy, yep. is a very very inefficient debt. Well, and and we also have a negative on here. Right. Well, right. no, that's just that. No, that's because of my handwriting. <laughs> uh, that's not a negative. That's um, it my should bad. have been an arrow. Um, but but then they also have a debt at eighteen percent, that it gives a score of nineteen. Right. Meaning meaning a debt at eighteen percent is actually more inefficient than the debt at twenty five percent. Now, by all means, these are both really really bad debts. But it's a way to start analyzing where you should put your focus from a cash flow perspective. Right. And a lot of people are taking a shotgun approach, but if we really want to get wise and, and get momentum, we need to start stacking debts from worst score to best score. And in this case scenario, there's only one debt that they have that's a good debt and just start knocking these out. And once you get bad debt knocked out, number one, you're freeing up the most amount of cash flow yeah. compared to the balance. And that can snowball down to the next bad debt. And we recommend at Better Wealth big picture that if you have really toxic debt, a lot of people want to start an and asset and all this stuff. And mathematically, it doesn't make sense. I know that's right. going to sound crazy, but it's like if you're paying 25% interest, yes, compound interest is amazing, but we have to make sure that we got to start the foundation. And it's hard to start a foundation when you are getting crushed sure. over here. So so let's give this a, a framework um, to, to kind of round out yep. this episode. When, when you sit down and you look at however you track your money, which first of all, again, you're going to hear me say time and time again, track your money, track your money, track your money. Know where things are going. That way you can actually call yourself a good steward. So this evening, this afternoon, whenever you start, when you, whenever you think about this, write out, right, line item by line item, your debts, okay? Car loan, credit card, student loans, whatever the line item is. Then take the uh, balance, what you owe on it, and divide it by the minimum monthly payment. We're talking about minimum. What do I have to pay to remain in right standing with that particular line item? That score, okay, right beside it, okay? The higher the score, the more efficient for your cash flow purposes that particular line item is. And then look at those scores and start to think about this within the whole context of your, of your monthly cash flow, okay? If I was to attack this particular debt, 
what what you should be able to analyze using this score is that that particular line item is going to insert more cash flow back into my monthly statement okay if we increase our cash flow we increase our opportunity to control what is coming into our household and that's really where we're getting at here is trying to give folks a framework to start to analyze this because it's not uncommon to see 10 15 line items of consumer student debt car loans personal loans horse loans rv loans you name it they're, they're out yeah. there but how do we start to have a framework to look at what is the efficiency of this particular line item attack that particular thing increase my monthly cash flow and really start to take control of what it is that you have what you've been blessed with as far as resources does that make sense you need to raise jeremy I agree 100%. <laughs> that was very beautiful. I, I really appreciate you giving that framework. And, and the reason why we're bringing this up is we're realizing time and time and time again that this mindset is really, really powerful. And we have to start thinking about everything in form of cash flow, right. whether you're investing in real estate, which that we love buying into that, yep. or whether it's you know paying off debt, it all comes back to cash flow and what we do with that long term. And in, and in the short term, any right. any final thoughts? I, I thought you, I thought that was really powerful. Thanks, I appreciate that. I like I like compliments from the guy. Um, no, I think a lot of times there's some shame attached yeah. to debt, yeah. and I, you know I don't know how to because I don't know each and every one of you that are listening to this, but but I shouldn't say but and let that shame go. Yeah, please. Because yeah. to be a good steward, to be a good manager, to be a good um, extreme owner of this part of your life means a ton, and it will allow you to show up better in other parts of your life. And this is the mission of Better Wealth. If we could gain control, have extreme and exert extreme ownership over the financial aspect of our life, how much better do we show up? How much more intentionally do we show up with our husbands, with our wives, with our children, with our families, communities, churches? And that, this, you got to move past the shame of it, deal with it, and move on. Also, if you if this is the first episode that you're listening to, thank you because I, I have a funny feeling Absolutely. people are going to share this, and I'm I'm hoping that this this video this this podcast can go viral because I think it can help so many people. Um, if you go to betterwealth.com/podcast, um, it will give you kind of the place to start. For the show i mean now that we're over 200 episodes we're producing every day has advantages because people are hearing us and sharing and it's amazing but also it's like man i just found your podcast where do i start right and so we we created a, a place to be like if this is if you're new and you want to learn about the and asset the and asset is a book i wrote it's essentially what put us on the map we have kind of the best episodes that highlight that if you want to hear about better wealth we have a kind of a path on that and some of our favorite episodes and interviews. And so you can go to betterwealth.com slash podcast. We're here to help. We're here to serve. Better Wealth is all about living intentionally today and in the future. And, and so, Jeremy, thank you for continuing to live that out. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.